All right. You guys have a good week? Good. So, um, let me find out. I lost my notebook here. I had it saved, but I just got to find it now. There it is. All right. Okay. How many of you guys live within five miles of town? Most of you guys live within about five miles of town. Semi, you know. Um, we live in a um, farming community, so we, um, some of you work at, have farms, some of you work at farms, some of you have your own little garden that you grow things, but um, we live in a farming community, and there's a lot of things that happen during the, the spring that um, some of you may like and may not like that happens when, when the trucks start coming by your house, and the uh the interior smell of your house may start to change um and then you hear the semis idling down as they get ready to turn by your house and take that lovely wagon and and bring it out into the field next to you and and um dispense it gracefully out into the fields um yes so, but we have a lot of orchards, we have a lot of fields, we have a lot of, uh, uh, we are a huge farming community. Nuevo County and Oceana County are a huge farming community. Um, but if we look at that, what do they, you know, we look at farmers, what do they do? They work tirelessly to plant everything, to make sure everything is, is properly growing. They don't, they don't just throw the seed in the ground and wait for it to do what it does and just let it alone, not look at it, and then just come back and go, oh yeah, looks good, we'll, we'll, we should harvest it. No, they, they pay attention to their crops. Um, and if we look at our, they wait for the fruit to come. So like if you look, some farmers will take the corns up, what will they do? They'll wait for the corn to basically die, dry out, and then they'll take the, the, the corn. Some of them wait for it to still be green and they take it as silage and they'll take it green and then they'll, they'll use it that way. Some, it depends on what they do. They wait for the fruit though. They don't wait till it's, you know, a foot high and go, oh yeah, we're just going to, uh, we're just going to mow it down now and, and that'll be good for us. No, they're waiting for that fruit to come. They wait for the fruit of the, tr of the corn to grow and then they harvest it, whether they take the entire stalk and the corn and they turn it into something, or if they wait for it to dry, the, the corn to actually die, and then they take it off the, off the husk. But what they're doing is, is this, is whether you take the corn alive or whether you take the corn dead, it still brings life. So that, that feed that will come from it when it's green will be fed to the animals pretty quickly. And when it's taken off, when it's dead, when the, the you guys ever drove by a cornfield and then like a week later you see it and it all of a sudden it started really turning brown. Like it's just, it almost feels like instantaneously it goes from life to death. And then there's this, you know, all of a sudden it's like green and then all of a sudden you start to see that, that brown shriveling of the, of the leaves and it starts to turn that, co that golden color. Um, but in both of those, there is life. There's food for life and then there's seed for life. So if you guys look at it, we are all fruit of something, uh, of someone in our lives. And, you know, we're the, our parents, your mothers gave birth to you, you were the fruit of your parents. 
but our lives are also the fruit of something too. And it can be good and it can be bad. It depends on how you live your life and what you do with what you're given. A lot of people are like, I just had a, a, a unfair shake in life. No, you may be given something, but you have the ability to take what you've been given and turn it around, and God can turn it around for the good. Our lives are, are the fruit of our parents, teachers, church leaders, and the people who have influenced us. We all want to grow, right? Okay, good. I was waiting for an answer there. <laughs> all right. We all want to produce fruit, but we cannot do it on our own. We need to be attached to something that produces fruit. Um, in, our, um, in our culture, people think that they can go off on their own, do everything their own, you know, and then they're going to be able to sustain life on their own. But it doesn't work that way. Um, when we become connected to God, when we um, call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, make Him our Savior, repent from our sins, we become attached to Him. Um, I'm going to read this to you real quick. And I want you guys to think about this. We're going to talk about this, and then I'm going to, I'm going to move it a little different. So Romans 8, 15 says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. Romans 8, 23 says, And not only the creation, but ourselves, who have first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly and wait eagerly for His return. Romans 9, 4 says this, The Israelites and them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, giving the law, and the worship. Galatians 4, 5, Paul says, to redeem those who are under the law so we may receive the adoption as sons and daughters. Ephesians 1, 5 says, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to his purpose and his will. So when we are born again, we become adopted into the family of God. How many of you guys here have been adopted or are from a family of adopted people? I figured the Neppers. Rachel, the Neppers. A lot of you guys have been adopted into a new family. And what happens is, is this, is when we become adopted into the family of God, He takes us out of what we've been in, whether it was a good situation, we thought it was a good situation, He brings us into a better situation. Um. And what happens is, is this, is he brings us into a family of life. Yeah. And the great thing is, is when he brings us into, and he adopts us and brings us into that family, that family is not just the people that are immediately connected to you, whether you were um, born of blood or you were adopted into a family. He brings you into the body of believers that is the entire body of believers on the face of this earth. Yeah. You have millions and millions of brothers and sisters that you may never meet. But you have been tied into a family that is believing for things, is praying for things, and is um, asking God for things. So adoption brings us into that family. But what happens is, is this. In John 15, Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me does not, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That sounds a little harsh, doesn't it? Like, oh, it doesn't bear fruit, I'm going to take it away. I want you guys to think about this. Is there ever been anything in your life that did not bear fruit in your life? Yeah. You're like, yeah, this really messed me up. Here's the thing is, we have a pear tree and we, have, we had two apple trees when we moved in. 
the two apple trees were pretty much shot, and we now have like this apple shrub because we cut it all down, and it just kind of, and I haven't had uh, the chance to actually, you know, rip it out like I want to. It's just kind of been sitting there for years, but it doesn't produce anything. It doesn't produce a, a, a stinking thing. Nothing. It just has leaves, and that's it. But we know it's an apple tree, where it was an apple tree at one point. We have a pear tree, though, that will flower, it starts to flower every spring, and does it bear fruit every year? No, it doesn't, but it, when it does, it produces a harvest. But, so with the apple trees, we had one when we first moved in, the apple, there was two apple trees. One of them was just shot, so I just literally, you know, cut it down and, and could pull it right out of the ground because it was, it was that rotted. But what happens is, is this, is when we look at fruit, we can bear good fruit or bad fruit. It's the choice of our lifestyle. It's the choice of, of what we're putting our faith into and what we're, how we're acting and how we're believing. But good fruit and bad fruit are two different things. So what happens is, is this. When God adopts you in, I'm going to keep reading, then I'm going to go back to this. It says this. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken. Abide in me and I in you, and the branch... Can, as a branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So what God is saying, what, what Jesus is saying to them is, if you are tied to me, if you are connected to me, I will prune you, but you will bear good fruit. Some people don't want like the pruning part of life. The pruning part of life is people like, well, that's, they take the first part, well, if it doesn't bear fruit, I'm going to get rid of it. And they think, well, if it, God gets rid of anything, it's because I that wasn't good. No, God b- will prune good things in your life off of you because it may not be beneficial for you in the, in the future seasons in your life. Be like, oh, this is so good, but God, all of a sudden it just goes away. And you're like, God, why did that go away? He goes, because it was beneficial for that season, but it wasn't beneficial for the next season. So when he says, every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So think about this. You're going to have, how many of you guys have tomatoes in your garden? You guys grow, it has, how many of you guys grow peppers? Do you guys know that if you cut a pepper plant, the top of a pepper plant off, it'll actually produce more fruit. If you cut the, where it starts to V up, you top that off and it'll actually become more like a, a shrub instead of just a, a tall gangly plant that'll produce peppers. It usually produces double the amount that it was supposed to, because you're cutting off something that will, will keep it from producing what it was meant to do. So when God says, I'm going to cut off things that don't produce fruit in you, that are not beneficial to you, that may be a beneficial season, but after that, there's nothing left on that branch for fruit. And he's like, okay, now it's time to remove that from you because there's an, an, something else that needs to grow in the place of that branch or in the place of that leaf or whatever it is. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I'm going to say that again. For without him, you can do nothing. If anyone does not ab- abide in me, he is cast out and the branch is withered. And they gather them and they throw them in the fire and they are burned. If you are able, excuse me, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask, I, excuse me, wow, I can't read. Sorry, I got a little sinus issue going on here. Okay, let's try this again. And my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. 
By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be called my disciples. So think about this. God is going to ask you to do something, and it will bear fruit. He says, if you abide in me, not come around and then try to interweave yourself into him for a season and then go back out and say, oh God, this wasn't good. I need to bring myself back into, into your family and into your, your um, kingdom. And I think so many of us try to do that. We try to do it on our own. We try to say what we want to say on our own. And then we go, oh God, it didn't work out for me. Can you help me with that? But God says, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. That means we have to stay connected to the source. So, my apple tree is just worthless now. It's just a bush out in the side yard. The pear tree is valuable because it brings something that can bring food, it brings sustenance, and it can bring life from it. But if I don't do something with that tree, it becomes mismanaged. It becomes unruly. You know, I don't know how many times since we've moved there, we've lived there like 17 years, we've cut it, you know, standing at the top of a tractor bucket, you know, cutting it down, cutting side branches down because it got so big that it was, it was unable to, to be managed and actually produce the fruit it was trying to produce. But when we trimmed it off, when we started cutting it off, it started to produce more fruit. And I think sometimes when we're dealing with God and he's dealing with us, so many times we try to talk him out of the pruning. Oh God, it was so, it's just so good. I really, wanna, I really want to stay in this season or I really want to stay have this in my life because it's good. You know, um, if you ever want to have um, friends, do not start a church. Um, <laughs> Because pe- people will love you one minute and they will hate you the next minute. And you have to be okay with that. Because God will bring branches in a season and He will prune them off because they're not beneficial to what you are doing. He will have fruit in one season and then He will cut those branches the next season because they are not going to be beneficial for the season of what we are going through next. Talks about that he is the father, father is the vine dresser. And in his work, you guys ever seen anybody um, graft trees? Yeah. You know, they don't just like cut it off and then try, try to tape it on. They, they meticulously cut an angle to it because they need to get that angle perfect back into the other tree so it doesn't have a spot where it can be. It is supported. It is uh, able to tap into the um, the system of the the tree. So they'll take one branch, cut it off, put, and they don't just you know cut off a straight and then try to graft it back. They cut it in a, a in a V, and they cut the tree that they're putting into in a V, and then they put it back in there, and they they address that tree, and they look at it, and they say, okay, we got to get this. They they bandage it up, they seal it up because they want to keep pest out of it. They want to keep everything that could cause the death of that branch and that tree off of it. So they, they use a um, liquid that they, they cover the tree where the cut is, where the, the branch is cut into, and then they cover it up and they, they put it on there and it helps seal it up. It keeps it from getting the pest in there and any kind of disease that would cause it to become um, unusable. 
So when the father says he's the vine dresser, he's, he's literally taking us as adoption. He takes us from the world, cuts us off of there, takes us, puts us on the tree, and he, he addresses us and puts us back into the proper uh, system. He pulls us out of, of the weeds, and he prunes us, cuts us, and he puts us into the tree that brings life. And here's the thing is he grafts us in because we're all grafted together. The body of Christ is, is a bunch of a bunch of branches grafted together on the main tree. Jesus says he is the vine, we are the branches. That, that what Jesus is saying, he's I am the main source, I am the trunk of that tree, and I am addressing you, and I am um, cutting you, and I'm pruning you to fit into that spot that I have placed for you into that tree. When he puts us on there, it's not, he doesn't put us there, somebody who is grafting trees doesn't put a a branch in there and say, I'm just going to leave it there for a year. No, they leave it there because they expect it to produce fruit for years. And so when God is working with us, when he he is a, a... addressing our lives and he's pruning our lives and he's cutting out the things that need to be cut out. He's saying, I'm here to make sure that you produce fruit for a very long time. Not just one season and he's done with us. God doesn't do that to us. The great thing about this is when we are tied into the source, when we are tied into the Father and into the Son, we can produce fruit even though we don't know we're producing fruit. Do you think every branch that's on a tree knows it's producing fruit? No, it doesn't. But God is using that, that branch, that part of our lives to produce fruit, even though we may not understand what it is at that moment. Think about it. Your evangelism. What is evangelism? It's, th- it's throwing seed out there and waiting for somebody to respond to it. Evangelism can produce fruit with people as you walk with them. And you can see that sometimes they may, ne- may not come to Christ, the people you throw that seed out to, but there will be some that will re- respond to that because you're planting seed in their life and they, come, they finally come to Christ. You know, and how, but how do we stay tied into a source? How do we t- stay tied into a source? It's this, is... Paul says it very clearly. He says, listen to your leaders. God has spoke, God, who have spoken God's word to you. There we go. I can talk now. Notice the fruits of their lives and mirror their faith. Luke 18 says this, but some people hear the message and they let it take root deeply in a receptive heart, in fertile, in honesty and goodness. With patient dependability, they bear good fruit. Think about it. We have to be patient and wait for God to trim us, prune us, graft us. So many times we want to bear fruit instantly, but it takes time. It takes nurturing. It takes the the ability to listen to God and allow Him to grow us. We can produce fruit in our lives, but... When our character catches up to our gifts is when we become ready to harvest. 
But the harvest time is where we see the increase. Farmers, they go out and they watch their trees and they watch. If you guys ever been down Stone Road in the last couple of years, they've been fencing in all their trees because they know how valuable that fruit is. They know if the deer get to it, they're in trouble. And so what they're doing is they're protecting it and saying, okay, we're going to protect this because we know the value of it. Farmers just don't come out at the end of the year and go, oh, well, it didn't do too well. Let's just take what we have. They look at what they have and they maintain it and they have to, to um, treat it and they have to make sure that no one is stealing it. So they fence it in to protect it the same way God protects us. When we are grafted into him, he protects us. He takes care of us. He looks for ways to supply our needs. We are grafted into his vine. That's where the source of life comes. But then God talks about in Galatians 5, says the Holy Spirit produces different kind of fruit. He produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You won't find any uh, law that is opposed to these fruit. So, let me put that up, Jordan. So I want, I, want to, I want you guys to think about this. So this tree right here, um, you guys may have heard of this or not, I don't know, but it's called the tree of 40 fruit. Um, so what this tree is, it is a pit-style tree. So there's almonds, plums, uh, peaches. So this guy has taken 40 different types of trees and he has grafted them onto one tree and they are producing year-round. They are producing fruit. No, nope, you're okay, Sally. You can leave that. Oh, okay. Go ahead and turn it off if you need to. That tree produces fruit year-round. It may be almonds, it may be peaches, it may be plums, it may be who knows what. But it is producing stone fruit, pit fruit, year-round. And it makes me it made me think that the diversity of the body of Christ is very much like that tree. That no matter where we are at, no matter what season we are at, there's always fruit being produced in the body of Christ. It may not be our season. It may be our season of pruning. And you can turn that back on, Sally. It may be our season of God pruning us so that next season we can do what God has asked us to do, and that is produce fruit. But we've been grafted together to form one diverse, sometimes weird-looking tree. I'm just being honest with you. If the body of Christ doesn't look weird at some point, we're not doing it right. Sometimes you're the weirdo and sometimes somebody else is the weirdo. I'm just saying. But what happens is when that tree was up there, people are like, oh, wow. Because that's what happens when, God, when we are tied into the vine, when we are tied into the source, God looks at that tree and goes, look at the beauty of that. He sees the beauty of what the body of Christ is. We may not be mature, we may not be functioning the way we are, but he still thinks we're beautiful. That's the thing is we're grafted and we're in for a reason, we're pruned for a reason, and we're given fruit for a reason. Those all have to be done together. Those all are important together because without one, the other one can't happen. If we're not grafted, good luck. There's not a lot of uh, fruit being produced on an ungrafted branch. But 
that tree produces a wide variety of fruits. The same way the body of Christ does. Each church is designed for a reason. Each believer is designed for a reason. And they're designed in different ways. Some churches are send missionaries. Some churches are evangelical and they like to witness to people 24-7. We've got other churches that, that love to plant other churches. We love those churches. Every church is designed for a different calling and a different purpose. What we see here, how we look here, may be different than what we see in another town. What we see here may be different than what we see in the city. I know it's different than what we see in the city. Why? Because we had all the farm boots. <laughs> it's different. Yes. There's different needs for different areas and communities. God sets people in place and grafts them into the local body for the reason of the community around them. Romans eleven seventeen says, Imagine some of the branches are cut off of the cultivated olive tree and the other branches of a wild olive, which represents the outsiders, is grafted in its place. You are nourished by the same root of the cultivated olive tree. That was, that was Paul talking about the Gentiles and the Jews being grafted together under one crucifixion, one Savior. He's saying, you are now, you were the wild olive branches. Okay, if anybody here is 100% Jewish ancestry, you're all Gentiles if you're not. We are grafted into, because of the grace of God that he gave his disciples and said, now it is time for them to be grafted in. He had moments, the woman at the well, different things like that, where they would hear the gospel. But then Jesus gave them permission to say, go to the Gentiles and preach the good news. He took wild olive branches and cultivated them into the regular olive trees. It says, Romans 11.23 says, If those branches have been cut from the tree, do not stay in unbelief, then God carefully graft them back into the tree because He has the power to do that. Sometimes what we imagine church to look like and what we want it to look like and how we think it should look like, God says, no, that's not how it's going to look like. Sometimes what we imagine for fruit is not what we want, or what we imagine for fruit is not what God wants for fruit. I remember when we were um, younger, all these teenage boys, you know, 18, 19, I want to be a pastor when I grow up. I'm like, how much? Uh, so you don't want to make a lot, and you want people not like you, and you don't want to be live a normal lifestyle. I said, okay. The problem is, is we've looked at the TV, and we say, this is what church looks like. And God says, no, that's not what church looks like. We look at, you know, some, uh, we can look at something and say, oh, that's what, that's what preaching looks like. No, but that's not always what preaching looks like. The Word of God is specific in its teachings, and how we relate it to people can be different. We can't take the, the Word of God and say, well, I don't really like this, so I'm going to cut that out of what I teach. And we got this in our culture today. We want to take out the important things and, and focus on the, the, um, the fun things. 
there's some, there's some weighty things in the Word of God that are not friendly to a sin lifestyle. They're not friendly to any of our lifestyle because we still sin. We are human beings. But we can't cut out what we don't want out of the Word of God. We have to look at the Word of God and say, what does the Word of God say? And we hold to that. So our churches may look different, but we have to say, okay, the church looks different than this church, but do they hold to what the, the Scripture says? You know, the tree is very symbolic of who we are as believers and us as, as a church and how we relate to God. Because he finds beauty in everything, even when it's not flowering. You guys ever looked at a tree at the end of the season and go, oh, that's, you know, the leaves are gone. You're like, oh, that's a pretty tree. No, because we instantly want the prettiness, the blossoms, the fruit, and we, that's what we want. But God sees beauty in it because he knows what it's going to produce. So we have to start to see and relate to that, how God looks at that. Look at people, how God relates to them and says, I see beauty in it even though I don't see the fruit in it right now. I don't see the blossoms in it right now. God says, I want you to see beauty in that. There's something valuable in a tree that has no leaves on it in the fall because in the spring it's going to produce something. And that's where we have to say tied into the vine because when the Holy Spirit produces other fruit, that's the fruit that we're supposed to produce. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are the fruits that we are supposed to produce. Every one of us. You may not be able to get them all at some point. We're all working on it, right? We're, we're working on becoming closer to God walk with Him, become more like Jesus, and when we do, those become more of our lifestyle. Yeah. But being pruned and fed are the first two things that happen with us. We are fed by God and we are pruned by Him. And that doesn't sound fun a lot of times, but it does work. It does happen. And when he prunes us, he knows that, okay, so we cut a bunch of our pine trees up about six feet a couple years ago. This is like 2020. We had all the time on our hands and we we're just like out there cutting trees. And so what happened was this, we cut all these dead branches were becoming dead and they're about six feet up. And so we cut them all off. Well, in the last couple of years, we've gotten shoots that are about a foot long that have now sprouted out of areas that would have not gotten light and air and now are producing little branches off of that. So the pruning caused life to happen. Don't, think, don't look at the pruning, oh, it's painful and it's, it's causing death. No, the pruning is causing you to become aware of what God is trying to tell you and where he's trying to lead you. And what happens is life comes because the little shoots start after that. And when we do that, when we listen to God and when we follow Him and, and when He prunes us and we say, yeah, it's not what you, I want, it's what you want. That pruning happens because He's designed you to produce life. And everything you do produce life. So if there's a branch that is not producing life, He's like, okay, it's time to cut that off. It may seem really good to you. Your life may be good with that. It might be beneficial to you 
But he's like, it may not be beneficial to my kingdom. And if it's not beneficial to his kingdom, it probably will not be beneficial to us in the long run. Because he comes to give life and life more abundantly, and his kingdom brings life more abundantly. So if we have something in our life, and he's like, okay, you had a season of this, and it is now time to end that season. And we're like, no, I want this. You guys ever had a transition season? You're like, yep, I just want to stay in this season. I don't want to move. I don't want to. I like it. It's comfortable. (sighs) Yeah, an abundant season. And then that season of lack, you're like, I, I like the abundant season. I didn't want the season of lack, but the season of lack produces something in us. Like James says, it produces something in us. Because what happens is this, is all winter long, maple trees are storing up the, the sap in them. And in the spring, they tap it and they produce something. And what happens is this, is there's fruit in every season. You just have to find it. There's fruit in everything in, you, in your life. You just have to find it. And you have to be willing to give up a season for the next season to come. Sometimes the harvest looks great, and, but you don't want to go into that dormant season. But sometimes God hides us away for a season and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour into you. You're going to receive what I want you to receive for a season. And when I call you out, you will produce even greater fruit. So the church looks like a tree, really odd, colorful, funky-looking tree that sometimes doesn't look normal to everybody else. Look at the person next to you. They're not normal. They're not normal. We have, we have this thing in our culture that, what is, that we tell people, this is normal. What is normal anymore? Because if... if I, the people next to you are not normal, and I don't expect them to be normal. Because the normal in our, in, our, in our culture is not what we are doing right now. Normal for the culture is whatever I feel like, whatever I want to do. Whatever makes me feel like I have value is what the culture tells our, people, our young people to do and, and adults to do. But being normal... Is never, we were never called to be normal. We were called to be extraordinary. We were called to be bearers of light, ambassadors. And sometimes that's not going to look normal. Our, our lifestyle should not look normal to anybody in the world. The fact that we all get together and we sing songs to a person that's invisible <laughs> is not normal. It is not normal. And people think it's weird. But you know what? Weird is okay. A little weird is okay because, you know what? We're grafted into the same vine. We're producing fruit. We're getting sustenance from the Father. So when He produces something in us, we have to be patient. He's working in us. He's doing something in us. But be patient. Everybody wants the instantaneous, I want God to do this in my life and I want it to happen now. I think everybody does that. But God is like, no, there's a season of planting, there's a season of growing, there's a season of reaping, and there's a dormant season. 
And I think sometimes we're in some of those seasons in our life at some point, but every one of those seasons God is working in. Think about it. You have to give the soil a rest. God says in His Word, give the soil a rest. Give it a break for crying out loud. Sometimes God is giving you rest because He knows and He's going to call you to produce something that you don't know what you're going to do at that moment, but He's calling you to produce something in you, but He's giving you rest, that dormant season where you let the land lie. But as we go out, we have to look and say, okay, where am I producing fruit? What needs to be cut? What needs to be pruned? God, what are you doing? I think we need to ask God that question. God, what are you doing? What needs to be pruned out of my life? What are you asking me to get rid of out of my life? What needs to be taken out? What, what good things need to be removed? What bad things need to be removed? What are you asking me to do? And he will prune, but when he does that, he will heal. He will heal. Because he, He's not going to cut you and prune you and then leave you to yourself. He's going to cut that part off. He's going to remove that. But He's going to feed you. And He's going to heal you. And He's going to give you what you need to go into that next season. Let's pray.